downloaded the show, so obviously you know that it is time for the Lonely Town of Killers podcast with Jimmy and Derek, bringing you all things Killers-related and Nephi-related. Whether it's relevant or not, me and Jimmy are going to bring it. And this week, I have a major announcement. After over a year of saying we were going to do a, a drawing for the hat, we did a drawing for the hat. Uh, for those of you that weren't aware, we said if you would go and give us a uh, subscribe to our podcast and give us a, a rating or a review or ask to be entered in the drawing, that uh, we'd put you in the drawing. And we finally did the drawing. It was for an NRP hat, a Jones rubber plant hat. Very nice. Very stylish. And our winner was Trace Rizzers. And uh, so, Trace, you have to uh, just give me your contact information. And I will mail that off to you. You're the winner of a nice NRP rubber plant hat. If you'd like to win uh, our next prize, uh, which may or may not be a Brandon Flowers signed Pressure Machine album, um, go over and give us uh, some likes and some reviews on uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Preferably Apple uh, would be nice because that helps people find the show, helps move the algorithm up, and gets us out to more people. Uh, if you want to go and uh, talk to people while you're waiting in line for a, for a killer show and say you should listen to this concert or that you should listen to this podcast, um, we'd appreciate that. If you want to be like our, our friend Scott and airdrop uh, the, the episodes uh, in between band sets at the concert, uh, we'd be fine with that as well. So uh, please share the show. It helps more people find us, which makes it easier for us to convince people to come and talk to us and get better guests. Uh, also... No, no, no. More good guests. More good guests. <laughs> we've already had great guests. We're not going to oh, get yes. anybody better than no, we we've had. Ama- we've had amazing guests. I know amazing guests. We just want to keep growing, and it's a lot easier for us to go to people and say, do you want to come on this podcast? If when they look it up, it's got glowing reviews and five stars. But not to discredit anybody that we've had on the show previously and that will ask to come back on the show that's been on here previously. We, we love you all. You're all the best. Uh, thanks, Jimmy, for stepping in there. Also, we have an Instagram page and a Facebook page that we don't nearly uh, talk about nearly enough, is what I meant to say there. Uh, it's just Lonely Town, a killer's podcast, Lonely Town Instagram, and Lonely Town Facebook. Uh, there's some really good stuff over there. If you want to submit pictures, me and Jimmy are happy to take them. If you want to converse with us, me and Jimmy are happy to converse. If you want to tell us all the super secret things about the killers that no one knows about, we're happy to listen. And we'll keep your secrets. And we do keep your secrets. So uh, please go over and, uh, you know, do whatever you do on those things, whether it's follow, subscribe, uh, like, participate, thumbs up emojis, all those kind of things. With that being said, Jimmy, that's the longest intro, I think, of a Lonely Town podcast. And uh, hopefully we never have to break that record. But we had some business to take care of, and I think I took care of the business. Today we're going to be talking about the Salt Lake Killers concert we went to. Was it two weeks ago? End of August. Right now we're mid-September for all you sleepwalkers. But um, we wanted to talk about our experience there. It's been, uh, what, 10 years since we went to the last, the last Killers concert together when it was in Orem. And a lot has happened in the last 10 years. Definitely. And they've also upped their game as far as concerts go. And uh, last time they were here, was that four years ago? I think it was 2018, yeah. 2018. So. Uh, Brandon had the flu, so it's the first time uh, in the, the arena, which we call the Delta Center. Uh, it's been through several names. 
And now it's the Vivint Arena, but it's like the big arena in Nephi. Nephi. It's the big arena in Salt Lake City uh, where the jazz play, where all the major concerts come. Uh, it's the first time that he's played that where he was healthy, from what I understand. I think he said something to that effect of the concert. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how he does it. We went with a couple other friends, too, and Scott mentioned that he was watching Ronnie and just how, how tired he must be after drumming for two hours like that. Like, Brandon's running up and down the stage the whole time and singing, but Ronnie's back there using his whole body, his legs and his arms, trying to get keep the beat. So it's pretty amazing how they do that. The very next night, they went to Denver. Two nights before, they were in Arizona. So like, I don't know how they do it, but they've got this... They've got the system down, and they, they put out a great show every time, but I think we got the, the best show of the tour. Yeah, I, I think uh, the first thing I put up was Vindicated, uh, but let me let me mention this before I forget. Uh, we had two really cool things happen that I'm aware of before the show, uh, relating to the podcast. Uh, the first was uh, Meadow, who was on our show uh, a few episodes back, wrote a very nice, um, almost like an article, uh, but she was getting ready to go to the concert, and she wrote this nice uh, Facebook post about uh, just kind of her relationship with the Killers, kind of telling all of her story. If you guys aren't following Meadow or over on her, uh, you know, social media, go go friend her, go find her. Definitely worth your time. But in there, she she linked me and you uh, with the show and with us talking with her, and you know, tagged the tagged the uh, podcast page and all that that we were just talking about. And definitely, uh, I got some more followers on, on the Facebook after that that I'm sure came as a result of that. And it was just very nice of her to do. So thank you, Meadow. We appreciate it. And the mayor of Nephi, who's also sat here and, and been interviewed by us, uh, Justin Seeley, changed his profile picture to our Lonely Town logo as he was going to the concert. And he uh, took a picture that we've put up on one of our Facebook things of uh, our Facebook pictures. I don't know what they're called stories i don't i don't know i'm not i'm not that cool to, to know all the cool terms of facebook so it imagine, was a picture here imagine, imagine how outdated i am if i don't know terms of facebook things it was a picture of a, a train in mount nebo in the background and he had that up as well and it was something that we had uh, over on our facebook page and he was crediting us and uh, telling people about the podcast so thank you mayor uh if you'd have told us jimmy three years ago that we'd have people writing articles basically about how great our podcast is and the mayor of Nephi going to the concert wouldn't put up a picture of Brandon or the Killers logo, but he put up uh, our podcast logo as he was going to uh, the concert. I thought you were crazy, uh, but that being said, thank bo- thanks both of you. Thank you, Nephi, for your support. Thank you. The mayor's always uh, sharing our episodes and things like that, and it doesn't uh, go underappreciated. We see it, and we're very grateful for that. Uh, it's no better endorsement can you get than the mayor of the town saying that you know people should listen to this. So. And every every time somebody posts about our page, you get at least two likes, guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was all pre-concert, and I was getting pretty excited. Uh, we've talked about back in uh, the previous concert uh, that Jimmy mentioned at UVU. I probably went in with probably too much expectation, and I was a little underwhelmed or ornery about it. I don't know. Uh, but I was getting amped up again. We were meeting up with some friends. It was the big stage show. I had a few friends that seen the tour. Wadi was telling me all about when they came to Seattle a few days before. And so I, I was ready for this show. And I said, okay, expectations have to be realistic and somewhat low. Like, come in just preparing for, you know, just a basic show. <laughs> and uh, 
I was I was overwhelmed by what happened. So uh, vindicated, and and uh, uh, Nephi definitely got his props. We'll get to all of that, but I think that covers everything there that I want to say pregame. So uh, Jimmy was running a little late. I was a little nervous. <laughs> so so we were there, and we had a, a few friends there. Uh, Scott was wearing his Letterman jacket, just like he said he was going to. We had uh, I was wearing a, a, a Ute Stampede hat, and so we were representing Nephi. I uh, saw some people from Nephi kind of around us. We didn't make too big of a scene like we said we would just because, I don't know, you get there and you kind of have to uh, realize that you're not a kid anymore and, and don't embarrass <laughs> the town. But you wanted to. And the show starts and uh, the opening band's going. Johnny Marr starts playing. He's from the Smiths. And uh, it was pretty good. But I'm thinking, oh, I hope Jimmy makes it. Because <laughs> he said you were going to be running a little late anyways. And so uh, he finishes up his set. And it, it's good, you know, but we're there for the killers. And uh, they're starting to change over things. I'm like, oh, I hope Jimmy makes it. Because <laughs> I'm like, how are we going to do this podcast? If, if I mean, you know, Jimmy obviously is going to be here, but he's the one that set it all up. Uh, he had the foresight of that because I hadn't had tickets. I wasn't sure if I was going to the concert or not. I don't know what kind of a podcast uh, we'd be doing about the Killers if I didn't go to the Killers concert once <laughs> in, in uh, Utah. But Jimmy took care of all that, had it all arranged. And just in time, he just came right up them stairs and put a smile on my face. Yeah, we were cutting it pretty close, and I was worried about where to park that coming that late, but we didn't have much of a problem, and we luckily, you know, usually when you go to a concert and you're sitting there waiting for the, the band you came to see, and you're waiting for the other band to finish, you're waiting for them to clear the stage and bring in the new instruments and all that stuff, you just get so annoyed and impatient, but I was glad, that this time I was definitely glad that they take their time between sets, and uh, so we were able to get there on time. Oh, I had one more thing pre-concert that I did. I guess I'm getting, I'm getting to admit everything here. This is how excited I was. At some point in that day, I sent a tweet to, uh, I tagged a few people in there. <laughs> I tagged our buddy, our buddy Chappie. I, 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 I tagged our buddy John, uh, John Eyre, and I tagged the governor. Why not? And I said, I said, all right, boys, where's the after party? <laughs> after party of the killers. And I said, all the diet do you can drink's on me. And I wasn't kidding. I'm a, I'm a member of the Maverick Adventures uh, First Stop Club, and I'm a, I'm a Holiday Oil card carrying member too. So I can I can get sodas at a discount in this state. But uh, anyways, I was just kind of joking around, seeing what would happen, and you know, Chappie and John kind of started uh, talking and, and chat, chatting back and forth. Uh, you know, I think John said something about uh, me and Brandon, or uh, I'm paraphrasing. I could pull it out, but it was something like. Me and Brandon are loyal to Juab, so there's no way we're going to uh, be doing an after party with that San Peter, referring to the governor, <laughs> being from San Pete County. And he said, I'm just joking, or am I? You know? And then Chappie was saying a few things, and, and then our, our friend from across the pond chatted in. He's like, hope you have a good show. And uh, it was cool. It was fun. It was fun to get that interaction. And I know, Jimmy, I know the governor might not have responded, <laughs> but I know when you have a few of those heavy hitters in there and people that he follows and, and pays attention to, and that he had tweeted out a little uh, about the killers, I think the day before, about like one more sleep or something like that. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the I'm pretty sure the governor saw the tweet. I'm just gonna go out and say that. Yeah. But no one took me up on the offer. I stopped and got gasoline after the after the concert, and I I, I drank alone. So <laughs> uh, offer still stands. Well, I wanted to mention before we get into the the music, why we had such bad tickets. We were way up high at the Delta Center, <laughs> Vivint Arena, and we didn't get tickets for the longest time because 
we were putting our all of our faith and good karma towards a killer's concert in Nephi, and that we were gonna be there and we were gonna be in the front row and put all our eggs in that basket. And then when we for, for sure knew it wasn't gonna happen, uh, went to get tickets, and being a Salt Lake show, there weren't many left, and we were up there pretty high, but it turned out pretty well. I'm I'm glad we went, even though we were we were up there high. It didn't impact too much. My enjoyment of the performance, I think the sound quality would have, would have been a bit better had we been closer to the middle than on the side. But uh, I had to mention that because that's one thing I feel like I failed at was getting good tickets for that show. It's because we waited too long. Well, and you have to remember, it had been rescheduled. So some of those people had their, their tickets for over a year. And we really uh, we, we, we were really hoping and, and ho- holding on that that Nephi show would come down to the point that we were speculating about what dates it would be and uh, trying to see, you know, when they'd squeeze it in between here and there. Um, if you go back and listen to our previous episode uh, with Clint Painter, he breaks down all that story. And I appreciate him doing that so that we can talk about it a little bit because that's been another thing we've been sitting on. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think the seats were the best in the arena, and the arena doesn't really have the best acoustics for a concert. But it was a pretty cool angle as far as watching the performance, uh, the side view, uh, watching Brandon run around, um, watching Ronnie drum. We kind of had that almost like a, a bird's nest view. And so I, I didn't think yeah. it was horrible, you know, and for the price, we couldn't complain. So <laughs> I was just happy to be there because, uh, like we say, this was basically a hometown concert. We all know that Brandon has moved to, to Utah. Uh, Ronnie has a house in Utah. I don't know if it's his primary residence or not, but he lives here. And... Uh, Robbie, that's Robbie, the, Conley, yeah. Robbie Conley. So uh, those are of the people I know. I'm sure there's more on on the crew, and we know you know like John and some of the other people that tour were here. So there was a lot of friends, a lot of family. It was basically a home show. I know Vegas is going to take some offense to that, but I'm, I'm calling it now. And so I think it was a little something special. But also, uh, there's a lot of people that came out. There's a lot of people that don't go to concerts, or you know that kind of thing. This was a Tuesday night, middle of the week, work week, school had started, and the place was sold out in in, in Utah, which isn't known for the biggest party atmosphere. <laughs> so it, it was uh, one of those concerts that some people just go for Brandon or go for the Killers to support him. Uh, a lot of Nephi was there, and it was just a really good atmosphere to start off a concert as well. So uh, I had a feeling that day that it was going to be something special. I didn't know quite for sure what I was getting myself into, uh, we talked to some different people and thought, well, maybe this performance will happen or uh, maybe they'll sing this song and this arrangement. We had a few different ideas. and I just thought they're going to do something special for Utah. I'm not sure what that's going to be. I was I was prepared for one to two Pressure Machine songs because uh, that was kind of what had been going, looking at the other set list. And so I was just hoping for uh, for something special there as well. And I guess we'll get into that a little later in the set, too. But. I was amped up, and when they came out, I mean, there was a lot of energy in the building. Before they started playing, I was able to find, thanks to our victim friends on the internet, the set list, a picture someone had taken of the set list they got their hands on. And I didn't really, I think I've seen this before, but I didn't really realize how, for some people, seeing the set list is like being told the end of a movie. It's like a big spoiler. <laughs> I prefer to know what they're going to sing, and I prefer to know what's coming up. Um, apparently not everybody, do, not everybody does. So when I, sh- I shared it around with people who were sitting next to us, I hope, 
Hope it didn't bother you, Derek, to see the set list before it was they say. Like, it's kind of like Christmas morning. Uh, you know, sometimes you peek in your presents a little bit before you had to act surprised when they came up. I, I don't mind either way. Uh, you know, it's always nice just to be sitting there and be like, oh, I can't believe they're playing this. Or, I, you know, there's some element of surprise there, but it's also nice to know, okay, I can't go to the bathroom for 10 minutes. They're going to play this song coming up. Or, you know, just looking it down. And, and when you brought that up and we saw the uh, we saw the Pressure Machine songs and, and the four that they were going to do, it kind of relaxed me a little bit because now I, I can say, okay, they're going to do some pressure machine. I don't have to stress about it or wonder if they're going to or wonder if that's going to upset me in some weird way <laughs> that Nephi's not acknowledged again or, or something weird, you know. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, some people think it's like peeking at your Christmas presents and some people like to be prepared. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. It's just whatever you prefer is what you prefer. Yeah, I think for me, I like I like to know what's not going to be played as much as knowing what is going to be played. So, you know, I have my expectations set. And, you know, as we looked at the set list for the concerts before they came to Salt Lake, it looked like, for the most part, they only played one Pressure Machine song per show. And it was usually either Runaway Horses, and there were a, a select few places where they played Pressure Machine. Oh, yeah. That's... And so I was hoping, you know, we'd get at least two and maybe something that hadn't been played elsewhere. And so when we saw four on there, it was, like you said, it was quite a relief. Yeah, I... Uh... I was hoping for two. I was I was prepared for uh, like a, this is gonna sound bad, but I was prepared for Cody and Runaway Horses because those two are fine songs, but they aren't very Utah esque related. And uh, you know, I, I was really hoping for like a West Hills or a Car Outside or a Pressure Machine. If I had one of those three, I was gonna be fine. Uh, they played Pressure Machine up in Seattle. Waddy was telling me all about like the video backdrop has a car with a Utah license plate. They gotta be playing that. You know, we were speculating all that. And I really wanted, like, the West Hills. We, we talked a few things about some different ideas and things there. But ultimately, um, I think the four they went with and the intro, I, I was pretty giddy about it. So uh, no no complaints. Um, yeah, so the concert starts off. They come up on stage uh, ready to go and start off with uh, My Own Soul's Warning. And uh, off with a bang. The confetti comes off, and, and there's a lot of energy. Brandon's running around. Uh, Ronnie's drumming like he like he does, and I thought, okay, we're here. It's going. You know, I don't think we need to break down song by song or anything. You can go look online at the, the set list, but uh, that's what they've been starting off with. Uh, it seems like every every show. So I don't know what I was expecting, but it, it was just a great great way to start off the concert. Yeah. So this is their including the Mirage tour, which they never got around to two years ago, and had been postponed till now, but. Um, you know, they've since had Pressure Machine and Boy come out, so they still, I think they played, I think I counted five Imploding the Mirage songs, and we got four Pressure Machine songs, and we got Boy, and, you know, some of the old favorites, and I think uh, one of the things that surprised me was up where we were, up so high in the crow's nest, I could see, you know, we could see the whole floor, and I was surprised to see some of the songs that people weren't really into. You know, you could tell if the crowd wasn't really moving, people weren't singing along. And, you know, some of the new stuff, like Boy, uh, I was surprised at how kind of dead it was in the arena. And I get a lot of people go because they love Hot Fuss and they've loved Mr. Brightside for 20 years. But I was, I guess I was a little surprised that more people weren't into the new stuff. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. And then I thought, well, not everyone here does a podcast where they have to study this band week in and week out. <laughs> and they might not be familiar with Boy. I mean, to us, it's been out for, you know, a little while now. It's, it's climbing the charts. It's on the radio station. But I thought, yeah, some of these people 
just came because they like Brandon and, uh, you know, they've heard Hot Fuss and they know Mr. Brightside and maybe a couple other songs. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing because I'm like, man, but I, I think even you were, were telling some people we're with, oh, this is a new song that's about Nephi as well. And, you know, not everybody has uh, been lurking the Internet for any killer's information to put on a podcast for the last year or so. Uh, or a super fan, you know, there's a lot of super fans out there that know, you know, every meal that the killers have ate since 1992 or something like that. And, uh, when, whether they're together or not and everyone they've dated and every set list they've ever had and every album that's came out, but there's just casual fans that are just there to have a good time. And they know a couple of the songs and, uh, probably the older, the more, more familiar they are with it. Uh, one thing I did notice was after a couple of songs had went by, and, and again, I'm, I'm probably biased, and I haven't been to a lot of Killers concerts, but I just looked down, and it seemed like Brandon was really feeling it, like he was really in, in the zone. And um, that's, that's his job. I know that's what he gets paid to do. Uh, but he kind of looked like a cross between like a Freddie Mercury, and then you have some spots where he's looking like Springsteen, and then he's kind of strutting around uh, looking like... Uh, looking like Mick Jagger to me, like some of his mannerisms and stuff. And I don't know if any of that was intentional, if that was just Brandon being Brandon, but I think from the first time that we saw him till this time, uh, his stage presence and just the the show aspect has really improved. So I don't know if that first time we saw him, he was in a bad mood. I don't know if it was a rough day. I don't know if he's worked on that kind of a thing. But from then till now, I mean, he just really commanded the stage uh, from the start of the show to the end of the show, I thought. Um, he's always been a sharp dresser and a good musician, and, you know, he'd, he'd sing his songs and do his thing, but uh, as he's going around working the crowd and just kind of dancing around and, and very energetic, I just kind of looked down and thought, those are three front men that I think he's kind of modeled himself after. Um, obviously, he's himself. I'm not saying that he's imitating these people, uh, but he definitely was putting out some of those vibes in different songs to me. Enough that I made a note of it so that I can say it on this podcast. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that because my wife during the concert mentioned how much he looked. He was reminding her of Elvis. We've had listeners reach out and share after they saw the Elvis movie that came out recently. The same, the same feeling. So there's definitely some of that Vegas showmanship that he's developed over the years. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting is uh, during the show, uh, he made a, a dedication to his wife. So... Um, I don't know how many how many shows she goes to or how often uh, you know they're they're there. Uh, his wife and family, I'm guessing, maybe his kids were there. Uh, I think that might have been one of the reasons that he was really you know just seemed to be in a good mood. Uh, I thought it was kind of kind of nice. He says I don't get to dedicate a lot of songs to my wife or a lot of songs, something like along those lines. He uh, dedicated running towards a place to his wife, which which is nice. Again, you know, a lot of family there, a lot of friends. I just think it was uh, it was a special night for, for some of those reasons. Speaking of reasons, so the Killers are well known for calling up drummers onto the stage you want to play re for reasons unknown with them. And I think sometimes when they do that, it's on the set list, and sometimes it's not. This time it wasn't, but right before all these things that I've done, the band kind of just was sitting up there quietly, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I looked down and saw that everyone was looking at this part of the crowd where the somebody had up some signs and they were trying to get the attention of, of the band of a kid who wanted to go up and drum with his, his heroes, I think it said. And when he got up there on stage and they, they, he asked Brandon asks where they're from and wants to make sure they're really a local drummer. And he said he was from Lehigh. 
And I swore, I could have sworn he said Nephi. I was like, no way, there's this kid, this 18-year-old kid from Nephi. It turns out it was Lehi. My, my wife caught it, and then, you know, obviously online after we saw um, his name. But hopefully we can get him on here soon. But, yeah, that was, he did a really good job, and it was really cool to have somebody who I thought was from Nephi. I thought the same thing, so I kind of heard, and like we said, we were, we were sitting kind of sideways a little bit, and, uh, you know, the, the sound doesn't travel the best. But I heard Phi at Phi, Utah. And I thought, well, it has to be Nephi. What else could it be? So I kind of thought the same thing of like, who's this kid from Nephi, Utah? Then I thought, is this like a plant? Is it going to be like his nephew or, you know, is it going to be some somebody with the family ties or whatever like that? And then I think I was looking around to, it might have been you or, or my wife or somebody that, Lehi, Lehi. And I was like, okay, still cool. Uh, but I was a little worried because uh, we'd, we'd seen the, the set list and, uh, all these things I've done, or all these things I've done was supposed to be the song coming up. I really like that song. Uh, so when they were doing this, I'm like, oh no, I hope they don't cut, I hope they don't cut, you know, all these things I've done because I I got sold by my soldier. I really like hearing people scream that for, for whatever reason. And then they went on to play that as well. But the kid did a great job, like you say, kind of the same thing. I mean, that would be, uh, that, I can't imagine, even if you'd been practicing and that had been the thing that you wanted to do, and you brought the poster to the concert and all that. Once you get up in that atmosphere and they put you behind the behind the drum kit, uh, I think there's got to be some pressure there. Like, I mean, you got to perform, and I'd just be afraid of hitting the wrong note or something or, like, messing up the song and need to start over again. So uh, not only kudos to, to this kid that, that went up in Salt Lake, but uh, everybody that <laughs> does it across the world that comes up. And I haven't seen them mess up and, like, have to restart the song or kick them off the stage yet. And I don't know, maybe it's happened, but uh, that takes a lot of guts. Yeah, it was definitely impressive. I was happy, like you said, because we didn't have a song cut. We ended up getting a song added, so it was only only a plus for everybody there, I think. Yeah, and then uh, they, they listed these as encores, but I didn't feel like it was really an encore. Usually the band will go off for a good five to ten minutes, and they'll be dark, and then they'll act like they're not going to come back out, and people will bring out their lighters and make a lot of noise and stuff. It seemed to me like they kind of went off the stage for a second, uh, but with this first one, which was the one I was really excited about, uh, was the Pressure Machine songs, and they started, you know, putting up pictures of Nephi, and we knew what was coming, I guess. Maybe there was no suspense there, but it didn't seem like they were off the stage for more than maybe a couple of minutes. Uh, it was something special for me, and I'm guessing it was something special for other people from Nephi. Uh, we've seen the pictures. We've heard the album, we went over the whole album, uh, the cover, all that on the show plenty of times. Uh, but when you're in a, a large arena where I've went to see um, like playoff basketball games or any big event that comes to our state, but I see a picture of a, the place where my grandpa uh, worked for his whole life and retired from up on there, and you see the rodeo arena, and you see uh, some of these pictures that we've seen in the album, um, but up on this huge... Uh, display i mean up in this this major arena uh that was pretty special for me and uh i, I was I, I had all the fills going i had to get <laughs> out and, and start start recording at least that first song i wanted to enjoy it but i also wanted to, to record it for people that couldn't be there and just for me to have as a memory at least uh a little bit of it and so with that uh, first song of quiet town I, I was i was live rolling and uh but i got out to the aisle i was trying to get the best uh, angles to go back and forth so people could see that uh, Nephi was was in fact being represented. Brandon came out and uh, talked a little bit about how 
Uh, the album was about Nephi, and uh, I don't know if the people were into it or not, but I was kind of tunnel vision to that point for a few <laughs> songs, and I was, I was pretty happy. Yeah, they played Quiet Town, Cody, Runaway Horses, and Pressure Machine. And when they do their typical break, like you said, for an encore before their last two or three songs, it was pretty funny when they got to that point in the concert. They just said, well, it's kind of awkward to just go off the stage and come on again, so we're just going to keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was glad they did that because I think we ended up with, uh, I think we've heard that it's, it was the longest set list that they've ever recorded. And with 26 songs, you know, I don't think there's much to complain about. Yeah, I think uh, they brought back up Johnny Marr. They played a Smith song, and they uh, finished with Mr. Brightside. Uh, but I thought that was kind of kind of cool, too, uh, from what I've been seeing, too. It wasn't only their longest. I mean, it makes sense this way. It wasn't only their longest uh, set list, but it was the longest concert that they've done as well, which if you're doing the most songs, it should be the most time. And then I was reading uh, online. I don't know. I, I probably just have this little vengeful spot in me, but there's some people that were a little upset that, that Utah got this show and that all this all this kind of stuff was happening, uh, but you have to you have to remember like Brandon last time he was there was sick, he hadn't had a good performance in that building, and that's a building that he attends to watch uh, concerts and grew up attending to watch concerts. He's been to sports events there, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm not trying to say that Vegas isn't home, but I'm saying this is this is home B if nothing else. And uh, you know Vegas had how many concerts has Vegas had of the Killers in the last four years? I mean, well, they've had four in the last six months. Yeah, so, so as it, they they get them, they get them a lot. This is the first one that we've had in, in a long time. We haven't had the Cosmopolitan shows or anything right. like that or, or small venues. So uh, it was a special night. And uh, I mean, if you if you've listened to Pressure Machine, you know whenever Brandon's uh, near the town, he'll find a reason to give. And so uh, that night, I feel like he did. Um, I take back anything I ever said about that UBU show. <laughs> it, it was a it was a great show, great concert. Uh, it, it just, you know, I have zero complaints. Uh, the energy was there. The performance was there. The confetti was there. Uh, I do think it was special with, with friends and family there and just the community uh, coming out to, uh, coming out to support Brandon and the Killers. Uh, but also, like, I, I mean, I can't emphasize, the, emphasize this enough. It was a random Tuesday night in the middle of, uh, I mean, it wasn't any holiday, and the place was packed. Utah loves its Killers. I know a lot of people from around came to see it, but uh, next time the Killers come to Utah, I'm just going to suggest that you guys come because it's going to be a big show. We've learned that. Yeah, I know Mayor Seeley was there with his family and their friends. Meadow was there with her husband. The governor was there. We were there. Chappie was there. I mean, John was there. <laughs> Not everybody that's been on the I, show, I'm assuming almost. Sterling said he was going to be there. I'm sure Joey was there. I didn't see anything that they posted, but yeah, it's... For us, I mean, it's, it's as close, close as we get to a hometown show. That's what I was gonna say. It's the closest thing to a fan, to a to a uh, high school reunion I'm ever gonna go to. <laughs> so, hopefully, they come back again soon. Hopefully, they can work out that that Nephi show would be great. I don't know, uh, the you know realistically if that's gonna happen or not. Um, Clint said that it's on his goals. He's got four more years to do it, and he's a man that achieves goals. But it also takes uh, multiple parties and and things to make it happen. So. I don't know if that ever happens. I, uh, I, I don't know. Well, do cartwheel maybe, but uh, until then, I mean, this is probably going to be uh, as good as it gets. I don't, I don't know that they'll come back on the next tour and outdo this show, but I'd like to see them try. Well, I don't think we can complain about the concert, but I do want to ask if there was one thing that could be added that would have made it even better. What would you have liked them to do? Well, there's two things. 
<laughs> no, I said one, Derek. I know one. Okay, okay, you can do two. I'll let you do mine. Oh, oh well, <laughs> in, in the Pressure Machine songs, if they would have swapped out, uh, if they would have swapped out Cody or, or Runaway Horses for the car outside, or, uh, uh, well, or the Getting By. I would have liked either of those two. But, you know, Brandon did consult me on that, so I got what I got. Uh, but the other one, and it kind of goes back to a high school joke, so there's going to be some people that like this and some that don't. Um, whenever we'd go to a high school assembly, for whatever reason, uh, me and, and Michael Painter, I'll, I'll say his name here. I don't know why we'd always say it, but we always would, you know, when things would get going, we'd say, now Bruce Springsteen is going to drop from the ceiling, from the rafters, and start playing Born in the USA. That was kind of like our inside joke. When they started playing, uh, when they started playing at Dustland Fairy Tale, if Bruce Springsteen, uh, he didn't have to drop from the, from the rafters, but if he would have came out and been singing with Brandon, I know how unrealistic that is, and it wasn't something I expected, but that would have, uh, boy, that would have been something. So those were, those were my, uh, my more realistic would have been just a couple different Pressure Machine songs in there than what they played, uh, but the, the Dream of All Dreams, or Lindsey Buckingham, why not, while we're here. Something like that would have happened, that would have been really cool to see. Well, the only thing I would have liked more is if they would have played This River is Wild. And it's not just because it's my favorite song. It's mostly because it's my favorite song, but also because it talks about Adam. You know, just one of those older songs that references Nephi or is even about Nephi that just would have capped it all off with, you know, Boys About Nephi, Pressure Machines About Nephi, Getting Out of Those Two-Star Towns About Nephi, but uh, This River is Wild definitely is, so that's the only thing I would have I would have requested if someone would have consulted me. We're sorry to those of you who couldn't make it to the Killers concert in Salt Lake. Hopefully you can find them somewhere else. They're on tour for the ne- for the next nine months, probably. They're still going to go to Australia and South America. And they, I don't know, they're, they're really putting on a show for the whole world. But that's another episode down from Lonely Town.